0: Welcome to another episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. Life Group Leaders, so grateful to join you guys as we think about and talk through this latest sermon on being anxious from Matthew 6, 25 through 34. But before we do, it's important to remember why we do this and why we exist as a church. We exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast for you life group leaders, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. We are still in our series, Sermon on the Mount, a countercultural kingdom. And as I have already uh, said, that we are talking about anxiety and being anxious and what God's Word teaches us about it and how Jesus tells us to combat anxiety. From Matthew 6, starting in verse 25, and I'll read it for you. Therefore, I tell you... As he is connecting this passage with the passage we discussed the week previously, as we talked about mammon, that is possessions and money, and he's saying, therefore, as we're serving God and God alone, uh, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and your, your heavenly Father feeds them. As I studied this uh, text and as I looked through uh, the meaning of the text and how we could apply it, uh, the focus came into view as we should look at how we in our day ought to apply this to our life. And it starts like this, and it was our preaching point, that a proper evaluation of God's providential care is necessary for anyone who wants to cease living an anxiety-driven lifestyle and reorient themselves to God's rule and righteousness. So we look at this text, Jesus is wanting us to understand and evaluate properly God's providential care as we look at creation. And we look at some of the lower orders of creation like the flowers and the birds. We recognize that as we are more important than those in God's uh, estimation as he's created us in his own very image that we uh, should have a proper evaluation of his providential care in our lives and that is necessary as we look to live this life ceasing anxiety and trusting in God's care for us. And that should, even as we think about God's care for us, it should cause us to focus on His kingdom and His rule and His righteousness as we live for Him, knowing He's going to take care of us that found itself expressed in three teaching points. The first one was to observe God's caring nature, uh, and we did that, at, at, obviously, as we looked at the text there in verses 25 through 30, as we were talking about the birds and the flowers. We even talked about that in the sermon as we uh, continued applying that, particularly in the way of how God even forms a nuclear family, uh, how he gives us uh, caring parents when we need care and nurture as babies. We can't take care of ourselves, but even through... Uh, observing empirically a creation that God has given the strong parents to take care of the weak and needy child. And even as uh, that relationship continues and the child then becomes the self-sufficient, strong, capable adults, and uh, the parents become the frail, uh, needy, uh, in, in a lot of ways, uh, uh, elderly, that needs then the care and strength of those children who had been taken care of previously— Uh, And then now they are now taking care of their elderly parents. It's just a wonderful way um, that we can observe that that God has really, in in the design of creation and the fabric of creation, uh, provided levels of care that we can see just... uh, uh, general revelation, the common grace of God. He, he, he cares, and He shows us that He cares. And then we talked about, obviously, uh, beyond common grace, that, that special grace that has been given to us through the local church. We see we care for one another's needs, and you look around at our local church, and you can observe God's caring nature, even divinely, uh, in the way that His special grace is poured out on us as a church. Secondly, point number two is to respond to your needs in a distinctively Christian way. I love this. Even as Jesus says, the Gentiles seek after the things about what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear. They're focusing on those things. Their minds are always uh, occupied by these things. But not so the children of God, who instead seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so our response to our anxiousness is going to be distinctively Christian. That means if I'm in a lineup, I'm going to be able to... Uh, see and I'm going to be able to notice a difference in the way that the Christian is going to respond to the anxiousness of life and the way that the Gentiles are going to respond to the anxiousness of life. And so that does mean that there's quite a bit different applications of this, which is when we got into the worldview realities of people who do not believe in God, who have an agnostic or atheistic worldview, the humanist, the naturalist, uh, even the uh, deists who, who believe that there is a God, but he's not really involved in our creation. Uh, we need to make sure that we uh, are taking wisdom, not from them, but from, from God. And we can get into that particularly. I want you to listen to the Equip podcast, as we're going to go over a lot of questions that people had about this sermon. And we'll dive into that area of how do we utilize uh, the uh, general revelation? Uh, how do we uh, utilize the common grace of God in creation? Uh, and often that people who are non-Christians take that common grace and they apply it to life and help, Uh, and now uh, we will uh, then apply that in a Christian worldview. But uh, for the sake of time, we'll move to point number three. We need to bank on God's kingdom promises. At the end of the day, we have to recognize that as God has created the whole universe and He has a design for it and ultimately a process that gives Him glory, then we recognize the best place that we can sit ourselves as Christians is right in the middle of God's will. And uh, and I even use as the example of saying, you know, even if you don't know everything that God wants, and there's going to be times in our life where we're going to be wondering, what does God want? Uh, what does God need in this situation me to do? It'd be to be faithful to him. And most of the time we're going to know, but there's going to be times. I get it. There's going to be times that we won't. And at the end of the day, even if I don't know what to do in this situation specifically, I know generally God wants me to seek first his kingdom. Uh, and we even fleshed that out a little bit in its application of, uh, of seeking out being faithful to our stewardship, focusing and pursuing holiness, putting off sin and putting on righteousness, um, evangelism, making sure the good news is central in our lives and walking in discipleship with others. We're doing that, at least, as we're seeking first the kingdom uh, of heaven, that rule and reign of God here on earth, as we're awaiting for its uh, consummation at the return of Christ. We're just going to bank on God's kingdom promise, that if we do what He asks us to do, He's going to be faithful to His promise to care for our needs. And I think that's just a wonderful, particular way that the Christian can look at our needs and our life in a way that no one else in the world can. And that's because we can, and we will, and we ought to bank on God's kingdom promises. So life group leaders, uh, what I'd like to do is even as we look at the application questions, as we uh, uh, look at you leading your life group this week, I want to help you, And uh, which is why I believe this week particularly, and, and I hope every week, but particularly this week, you're going to need to listen to the Equip podcast because there were a lot of questions that were uh, asked that I think are going to be helpful, and they're going to come up in one way or the other in your own life group, and you need to be equipped and ready to Answer them in as much as you can. You can always refer people back to the podcast, back to the sermon, uh, and obviously, as you meet with them, you can point them to your pastors. Uh, but as we look at the questions in our life groups this week, you know, question number two says, "How does simply stepping back and observing God's providential hand in creation build your confidence in God and ease anxiety about your needs?" I think a wonderful way to do this that I touched on in the sermon that we can now, uh, I think, more vividly explain uh, in. Uh, this podcast is for you as a life group to say, how does God's common grace—that is, the way that God is dealing with uh, all people, including uh, unregenerate sinners—in a way where God's kindness is clearly shown in His providential care of the universe? That is, if you lived here in New Braunfels recently over the last couple of days, it rained, and that is God's providential care and His the common grace of God that He cares for the creation around Him. He gives the rains, He gives the sun. Um, He brings the seasons. All those things are common graces of God that that are not just bestowed to the believer, but the uh, unbeliever as well. And so really that category is one that you can look at and ask yourself, how do you see God's common grace caring for the needs of creation? And then secondly, that special grace. Like how do you see God taking care of his people, his covenant people through Christ who have had the grace poured out on them? Uh, in Christ Jesus, we have turned from our sins, place our trust in Christ that He has absorbed the penalty of our sin on the cross, and we stand before the Father righteously clothed with Christ. Now, how do you then see, as we look at Scripture, as we look at our community around us, how can we step back and look at God's providential hand uh, in the special grace that He has given us? And I think, obviously, you need to spend time talking about salvation. There's you some providential hand of care of God that He provided a way for you to be in right relationship with Him. But I encourage you in your life group spend time talking about the common grace of God and the special grace of God there in point number two, and I can I believe that that's going to help you guys stay in a, a really strong foundation of uh, biblical truth and to help you guys have constructive conversation. Uh, question number three I think is gonna is going to really hit a nerve in your life group in a really great way, and it's going to help your group begin thinking about things biblically and uh, through a Christian worldview. Question number three talks about, in a society with thousands of solutions, quote-unquote, to your anxiety, why is responding to your anxiety in a distinctly Christian manner significant for you and those around you? And then question 3a even continues by saying, what are some potential dangers involved in taking counsel for your anxiety from those who function outside of a biblical worldview? So as you're preparing for this, I encourage you, listen to the Equip podcast, because people ask questions just like this, and we'll dive into them a little deeper. But as you, as a life group leader, are leading these questions, there is a potential for these kind of questions to get into the weeds. And we got to make sure that we keep it focused on uh, Scripture, on what God's Word says. Um, and really, it is important for us to recognize we do live in a world where God has given us the common grace of doctors uh, and give us the common grace of science that helps us recognize a lot of these things. But remember, the problem isn't science. The problem is not the common grace of God. The problem is not even uh, that the scientists or the researchers um, that that look at these things are necessarily that they are atheistic or agnostic. The problem is, is as these people are making observations— they are then taking those observations and they are interpreting them. Now, every observation is interpreted. Everything that happens on earth is interpreted. There is no such thing as raw facts because of the minute that we have a raw fact, we interpret it through a lens. And in the same way, when it comes to Anxiety. There is what is empirical and what can be observed through research and study. And then there is that empirical research and the study that isn't interpreted so that it can be applied. Now, the problem that we run into, particularly with atheistic and agnostic researchers or those humanists, naturalists, uh, even those from a uh, pantheistic or worldview or, or among others, is they're going to take what they see and have studied and observed and then they are going to then force the study and the research. Through a particular lens, everybody on the planet Earth does this. It's called a worldview. You, as a Christian, do this, and the problem with these—the beco- problem with the issue—becomes often what we hear uh, the answer to anxiety or the things that we're dealing with have been forced from their research and study through a unbiblical worldview, and so they're always going to land, oftentimes, uh, in a place that would we would consider, as we look at Scripture, unbiblical. And so we're not going to say that uh, the observations that they make aren't, because common grace says that there are people who are not Christians who are going to be able to figure out really, really complex and important things due to the common grace of God. It's what we do with that information through the lenses that we see the world through, particularly if we believe in there's, there's a God or if we believe there's not a God. And it's important that as you answer question number three, you focus on the fact that how do we recognize that we take research, we take studies, and we. how do we help people understand that there is a way in which we can take those things and then funnel them through a biblical worldview? And the problem that we're going to have with the dangers of taking counsel from those who function outside of a biblical worldview is not necessarily that their research and their observations are wrong, but that the way they apply them and the way that they put them through a worldview that does not include God, that does not include us having an immaterial soul, that we are just biological material— that everything that we deal with is neurological apart from any spiritual reality in our life, uh, and even the existence not only of God but of, of Satan. I mean, think about that. I mean, the, the sin nature of humanity is not going to be uh, involved in a non-biblical worldview. The uh, activity of Satan and his rule and reign is not going to be in view, and and obviously the sovereign control of God And his providential care is not going to be in view. So if we're not going to consider any of those things, think about the dangers of taking counsel from people who don't even believe those things to be true when it comes to dealing with your anxiety. I think worth uh, the time to think about that. If you jump over into the Equip podcast after this, you're going to be able to get more in detail uh, explanations about those kind of concepts as we dive into some of the questions that those people in your life group had. All right, life group leaders, there's many other questions on there that I think are going to be helpful for you, but I think diving into those a little bit kind of gives you a good direction to go within your life group this week. What I'd love to do now is talk to you about a couple of things that uh, I call entitled it life group stuff. As life group leaders, we want to remind you of some things. We want to keep some things on the front of your mind, and so as we look through some of those, remember, uh, number one, that we have life group transfer request forms there online, compasshillcountry.org. Go to Life Groups. Once you go to Life Groups, there will be a tab there that says Life Group Transfer Request. Anybody in your group who wants to transfer must fill out that form and go through that process. Uh, That helps you guys know the pathway to point people to help them transfer laterally within the church, which is fine. We're fine with people wanting to transfer Life Groups. That's not the end of the world. Uh, We want them to find a good place within the local body to get plugged into here at Compass. And so we just want to create a pathway It makes it easier for you as life group and for those who want to transfer to give them a clear, concise way to be able to request a transfer from one life group to the other. Secondly, like I mentioned last week, if you do not have a life group apprentice leader, you're uh, hitting a deadline in the next couple of weeks of uh, of that time where you need to be uh, submitting an apprentice leader. And so uh, if I don't hear from you within the next week, I'm going to reach out to you personally, and we're going to go through your life group and to find you some apprentice leaders uh, because they're going to be necessary for you uh, and our church to continue uh, discipling our groups well. So if you do not have an apprentice leader, uh, be praying that God would provide you one now be uh, approaching me soon, or I'll be approaching you as we talk about who could help out in your group as an apprentice leader. Thirdly, as we look at your life groups, I want to, if you aren't already doing this, which I know some of you are, I want to help you as you're organizing your life group and making it most effective for community. Uh, We call them life group serve roles. Much like serve teams at our church, where we have serve teams over every uh, facet of ministry at our church, your life group should uh, serve on a micro level what you see at a macro level at our church. And so your a uh, life group ought to have these micro serve teams that are allowing your life group to function uh, really outside of of you. You know, if you're the one setting up every week, if you're the one doing the prayers and the fellowship coordinating, and you're the one doing all the cares for the anniversaries and birthdays and all the other things, uh, your life group uh, doesn't function if you're not there and if you're not the one doing all the work. Which really, uh, as we're looking at Scripture in Ephesians 4, that says uh, that your pastors uh, and teachers. Uh, are here to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so as we have equipped you as life group leaders to do the work of ministry, uh, when it comes to serving in the capacity of life group leaders, we want to also help you by us equipping the people in your life group to care for one another well. And so we, we want everyone, ideally, in your life group to serve in a micro level within your life group. Sure, they can serve in other places in the church at a macro level, but at a micro level, we want them serving within the framework of your life group. And so I have a couple of examples here. Obviously, all your groups need apprentices, so that's a wonderful micro level for someone to serve. And your apprentices, one of their jobs can be to oversee the micro serve teams in your group. So that's obviously a good role that all of our groups have to have and a good responsibility for them to take over in your group. As you're shepherding that group from a micro level, you have apprentices who are taking the serve teams in that group and they're helping them function uh, well. Secondly, obviously, you need your prayer team, your prayer coordinator, uh, the people who are taking their prayer requests, disseminating them out, and then checking on people throughout the week. You th- thirdly, you have your fellowship coordinator who's creating events and opportunities for you guys to get together outside of your normal scheduled life group meeting, uh, which I think is going to be very important for the health of your life group that you have shared experiences outside of uh, our church calendar. Fourthly, a care coordinator, someone who knows birthdays, anniversaries, if anybody's at the hospital, has a doctor's visit, anybody going through something, that there's a care coordinator who then can... Uh, meet those needs, celebrate what needs to be celebrated, make things privy to those who are in the life group of things going on in the lives of others, as well as creating mill trains, et cetera, those kind of things. And obviously, as a life group leader, most uh, some of you have these things done at your house. Others are at the church. You recognize the need for setup and cleanup. Uh, you you want to make sure there's people there who kind of own the fact that uh, we're all stewards of our life group. And uh, as you are even stewarding your home, it'd be great for you to have people who can help you set up and clean up Particularly if you're at the church or at the whim, uh, this is going to be something really important because there's a lot of work that goes into setting up and cleaning up. So you're going to need somebody, a micro-serve team, uh, who is going to help make sure that everything is back to where it was and set up to the needs specific to your group. And of course, this is not an exhaustive list. There are many other things that you should uh, be creating micro-serve teams for. But I hope this is just a helpful start for you. And I would encourage you to be praying and planning now. As life group leaders, and create a list of these things, and then ask your life group leaders at the next, uh, or your life groups at your next meeting, to then start signing up for the teams that they want to head up and they want to provide leadership in. And that's just going to give a lot of buy-in and ownership to your group. On top of making your group more effective, it's going to get everyone involved, which is exactly what we want to see in all of our life groups here at Compass. And finally, we have some announcements for you guys. We have a baptism service on October the 15th. We have a few spots still open for that. We want to encourage anybody who desires to follow in faithfulness uh, and obedience to baptism that they would sign up for this service. So if you have anybody uh, that you know, you should encourage them to sign up for the October 15th baptism service. This uh, next Saturday, we have uh, September 28th, is the Women's Fellowship from 9 to 11 a.m. Just want to encourage all of you gals, 6th grade up, to... uh, prioritize getting together as a group of women to encourage one another, to build each other up, and to strengthen one another in their faith. Thirdly, we have our kids' Christmas choir registrations are open. If you have a kiddo from K through 5th grade and as a life group leader, if you could remind your group, uh, if they have K through 5th grade, to register their children, uh, we would love for them to do that. We already got a number of kids registered. The uh, rehearsals begin October the 1st after the second service, so it'd be about time to make sure everyone gets registered so no one misses out on any of the rehearsals. We desire this to be a wonderful opportunity of outreach into our community, and we can get families here, and uh, they can obviously sit and listen to their kiddos and grandkids and nieces and nephews uh, declare truths of the Lord, Uh, and then we get an opportunity to share the gospel. We get an opportunity to get people plugged into the church, which is such a wonderful opportunity uh, for us as a church family to steward that opportunity well. And the fourth announcement is that we have a prayer night, September the 24th, which is coming up this week. And so that is from 5 to 6.30 p.m. We have a family room for those who want to bring their kiddos. Uh, And we'll give you some updates as well about what God is doing at our church. We encourage you to come join us from 5 to 6.30 p.m. at our church-wide prayer night. All right, Life Group leaders, I love you. Personally, I'm just so thankful as I think about what God's doing in your lives. I pray that you would uh, stay the course, fight the good fight, run the race, uh, and then we'll continue looking forward to what God's going to do here at Compass Bible Church.